lump off mom. What's wrong with me? Can you keep your evil doing quiet? Finn is dealing with some heavy stuff over here. Unacceptable! I'm not cut out for adventuring. Finn, you messed the beat up. I just want to sit here and moan. Then I'll moan with you, buddy. <gasps> Ladies and gentlemen, this is Conversation Parade, an Adventure Time podcast. I am Mike Eagle, host of the Secret Skin podcast, and I'm here with my co-host, the one and only John Moe. Hello, Mike. How you doing today? I'm doing okay. We're going to talk about our favorite TV show, of course, Adventure Time, because that is what we do. And I've been very happy this week because we got a whole week of new episodes from Adventure yes. Time. And um, I, for one, have a lot to say about them. I imagine you do, too. I have so much to say about them. We're also going to hear what Jack Pendarvis has to say. He's a writer on Adventure Time, and he's going to fill us in on writing some of the episodes this season. It was hard not to make that story just unbearably sad. And there were some earlier versions, I think, which are just like, just make you want to curl up on the floor. <laughs> That's writer Jack Pendarvis. We're going to hear from him in just a little bit. And just a reminder, next week we'll have a new Conversation Parade episode all about Marceline to get us all ready for the miniseries about her called Stakes. We'll also hear from head of story Kent Osborne on that episode. So you guys be on the lookout for that. Right. But first, we're going to talk about the new episodes that are out there. We've, uh, we've reached the end of the run, uh, this little burst of five new episodes of Adventure Time. So since last we spoke, we've seen the, the death, uh, I guess the rebirth of Root Beer Guy as Dirt Beer Guy. We've heard from football and we've seen uh, a big magic floating mushroom that talks about the uh, effects of kombucha. And, and, and we saw this mushroom get vanquished almost as soon as we saw it appear. <laughs> right. Poor, poor Mega Mush. Mega Mush, who only speaks in the expository, only speaks <laughs> in explaining <laughs> the, the uh, purported effects and then a few disclaimers about kombucha for some reason and then blasts people with fungus. And, and which, which brings forth the question, like, because it sounds almost like it, it taped audio from a commercial about kombucha. Right. But, John. <laughs> Has there ever been a commercial about kombucha? Ever? I, you know, I didn't know anything about kombucha until this, oh, okay. this aired, and somebody <laughs> filled me in on on all that it does. And uh, I, I went to the Wikipedia for kombucha, and I mean, it seems like most people say, "Oh, it just helps your immune system. It it just you know makes you feel a little better." But there are claims ranging from it can cure cancer and AIDS to claims saying it might kill you. So. You know, but, but the, the interesting thing about both of those claims is I am 100% sure that they've all been spread <laughs> via word of mouth only. Right. There's never been any sort of media messaging from the kombucha people, positive or negative. Well, what stands out to you about these episodes? What? Uh, well, speaking of the episode itself, the um, Mama Said episode, mm-hmm. There was something that the King of Ooh said very early on in this episode, and it um, stuck out to me so much. When he's walking Finn and Jake through this adventure he wants them to go on. To find says, the mushroom that floats around. Right. He, he tells them uh, twice. Trust my process. To trust his process. Trust my process. The phrase struck me because I, I, I've only heard it before in very like particular context. I think I can only say that I've heard it in regards to maybe uh, teachers uh-huh. or, or creators, uh, and especially creators who have like work that is multi-layered and takes a while to unfold. And um, 
it made me think of the show's creators and, and made me wonder if that's them telling us that everything that they're doing is intentional. Like the King of Wu telling ah. them that the stool thing is intentional. And, and it's kind of like, okay, so what that kind of put me in the mindset of is looking at everything on the show, like just kind of increase my awareness of things that poke out. Cause now I'm wondering now is everything that these guys doing intentional is, is it all right. pointing somewhere or some of it just kind of random? Yeah. I mean, it does speak to an intentionality and I, I was about to say that it doesn't seem like the King of Ooh or Koo as they now refer to him on the show delightfully <laughs> that Koo never really has a process because he's such a dumb wad. But <laughs> but then you think back to the Sweet Pea episodes, like he's he's always working a scam. He's a yeah. con man. And he's so he's always an he's always working an angle. And in this case he's he's uh wanting to get these floating uh mushrooms so he won't have to walk as much because he's lazy. Do you think is that the process or is there something more to it than that? Well I think basically he's telling them to stop questioning him <laughs> you know what I mean? oh, okay and to trust that everything that he's doing is for some reason that uh may or may not make sense later but it all makes sense to him right you know and um you know what it makes me think of mike it makes me think of the philadelphia 76ers really the national basketball association how's yeah. that well so people who don't follow sports the the philadelphia 76ers are awful they are they are uh, the basketball team equivalent of a King of Ooh-led candy kingdom. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they like at times when you watch them, it's like they've forgotten how to even play basketball. But the general manager, a guy named Sam Hinkey, has this plan where he's just going to suck really bad for a number of years and then get the great draft picks, which are awarded to the worst team. So get the best new players coming out of college and, and out of Europe and stock up and then be really great. And so whenever you whenever anybody questions the 76ers or asks one of their fans like how can you stand it, the phrase they often use is trust the process. Wow. Wow. Yeah. You and, know, but but there's like this agnosticism now of like is this process going to lead us to being a great team or just a permanently sucky team? Yeah, and and in that sense, I mean you have the entire history of the NBA to look at and yeah. and wonder has that process ever worked for anybody else ever? <laughs> you know, so like, you know that that I think you know there's a clear lane to hold on to skepticism there, but when we come to these creative arenas and you have storytellers of the magnitude of the creators of Adventure Time, and like I said, when I thought about this phrase, it made me uh, hyper aware of things that would lead to questioning in these episodes in particular. Like, for instance, uh, in the Bonnie and Nettie episode, Koo, I don't, I'm really, am I going to call him Koo? I kind of have to figure that out if I'm going to call him Koo or not. (laughs) But um, he wants to export the Nettie juice uh, as some sort of money-making scheme, but it made me wonder, like, who would he be exporting it to? Is that, is, is this a nod to some other civilization is there um, a candy kingdom across the sea somewhere? Right. Is 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 there um, some other economy happening somewhere, or is this just a random thing that he said? You got to trust the process. Exactly. <laughs> and and this, this, this other moment, I believe it was in um, was it environments? I don't know. But um, PB says, 
uh, I think she went through her pocket and she had an unpaid internet bill or something. Oh yeah, that was in Varmints. That was Varmints. Yeah. I'm like, who is, who is she paying for internet? Who, what is this structure? Who, you know, and, and where have we ever seen the internet in adventure time? <laughs> right. You know, the bubblegum internet. Sure. <laughs> the internet of candy. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I really wonder about that, too. Like, uh, you know, there's, there's a bunch of things that I've noticed uh, over the years about Adventure Time, about, like, you know, how certain characters are born and what that represents. And, you know, the meaning we've talked on on Conversation Parade about the meaning of religion in Adventure mm-hmm. Time. And you wonder that and you wonder this with with authors, too, or with any kind of creator, like how much of the symbolism is important right. you know, or, and is intentional and how much of the, the foreshadowing is intentional and like are these things deliberate uh, breadcrumbs left behind by the creators of this thing to, to clue you into a richer experience or did they just think a line about an internet bill was funny and, right. and just left it there and I almost think that it doesn't matter the intentionality of the creator because if you get that from the the art then you've just rewarded yourself and if the process of viewing art can be separated from the creator of the art then you're free to just get from it whatever you want yeah but i don't usually want to get what i want i want to get what they're giving (laughs) (laughs) Do do you want people who listen to your music to get what you want and and nothing that that you didn't mean to put there? I prefer that they take what I'm given. I prefer yeah. that, that what, um, you know, what they, what they boil down from what I'm putting out there is what I've intended. Uh, cause I, I get, I get concerned about, uh, too much room for interpretation just because it leaves a lot of room for there to be, um, you know, negative interpretations of things that I clearly mm. didn't intend. Um, so that makes me want to, you know, forego the positive as well. Like kind of just get rid of all of that and just try to focus as much as I can or, or help people take things at face value as much as I can. But do you ever have like words in your music that that are just there because they sound good together? Like, do you ever take the Michael Stipe approach and just say, well, here's some here's some phonetics that just make a cool rhythm to them? You know, this is what I'll do. Sometimes I'll, what will pop into my mind are two things that rhyme and there's no logical reason for you to say these two things very closely together. Mm -hmm. And what I will do is find some absurd string between these two things and try Uh to make a whole song out of whatever that absurd string is. Really? So so you you have no clear logical rhyme and so you extrapolate out the uh, the absurd into a full track yeah, on its own. That that is my my favorite way to approach that kind of situation. I'd rather do that than just kind of have a nonsensical thing uh, buried in mostly sensical things. Is there an open mic eagle track that we could go to to listen to an example of that? Oh yeah, there's this one called uh, John Lovitz, and in, and uh-huh. in uh, parentheses fantasy booking yarn, and um, that song is about. Um, me being offered some fantastical show opportunity uh, that's just all of my wildest dreams come true. Come do a show and then um, at the end, I can't do that date because it's my anniversary, and uh-huh. the people are obviously never going to contact me about it again. 
So um, what's, the, what's the rhyme that didn't connect that you had to go the long way to connect? Well, I'll tell you this. The original couplet that I started writing that whole song from didn't even make it into the song. <laughs> of course. <laughs> but, but it did start that way. And it was something about, oh, man. Oh, it was something about a handbill, and I can't I can't remember the couplet because, like I said, it didn't make it in the song. But that song started. I was literally walking down an alley and saw a handbill, and then I, I thought of some weird thing to rhyme with it, and then um, that whole idea from the song was born from there. We'll give you a hundred percent up front. After sound check, you won't have to get up once, and you can bring all the merch you got: vinyl CDs, stickers, shirts, and socks. We know luck and toe packs hurts a lot, so we'll buy up the remains plus purchase the box. Here's where the process led to me. Here's something mm-hmm. that I've noticed about these episodes, and it's dirt holes. Dirt holes. Dirt holes. Dirt holes. Every one of these five episodes involves some kind of hole in the ground with dirt in it. Some kind of dirt hole comes up in all five of these new episodes. Dirt hole! So in in Cherry Cream Soda, it's the most obvious. Root Beer Guy is, uh, after, after his remains live on Cherry Cream Soda, his wife's shelf, she plants them in the, in the ground in a dirt hole. Light, right. Lightning strikes it, and Dirt Beer Guy emerges, who is a lot like Root Beer Guy, but has superhuman strength, and, uh, <laughs> and is filled with dirt instead of root beer. In football, Bimo is trapped in this reflection world after switching places with football, uh, and Bimo threatens football, saying, I'm going to put you in a dirt hole, where I come from, a factory. <laughs> They, they put you in, in a dirt hole. And then BMO ends up screaming it at football a lot. Dirt hole! Uh, in Mama Said, Finn, Jake, and Canyon seek shelter from a giant mushroom, which grows from a dirt hole inside a dirty hollow log. Dirt hole! In Varmints, the varmints are chased into a dirty cave where Princess Bubblegum and Marcy have some sort of reckoning. Dirt hole! And in Bonnie and Nettie, Nettie lives in a dirt hole where he sucks tree wow. roots. Dirt hole! And, uh, and, and secretes the life-giving candy ooze uh, of the candy kingdom. And I've been sitting around trying to think, okay, you know, like, is, is this intentional? Do I need to trust the process on this? And I think so. I think so. And I think what it is, is a dirt hole is a source of two things. Death and birth. So you have uh, a dirt hole can be a garden from which all your produce grows. And then a dirt hole can be a grave. Right. It made me think about the cycle of of rebirth that we see throughout the show, especially right. especially with Finn, who we know has come back as uh, a butterfly and some sort of thing and was a comet and, right. and was Shoko. Um, and with Shoko, yeah, and uh, and so in the end, everyone in the show is kind of deathless, just in a sense, but right because they can constantly, or they do seem to constantly change forms and have different lives. I mean, we've seen Jake, we've seen iterations of Jake, and and one of them right now is is sleeping forever, and and you know, yes, is you know permanent slumber supporting. This portal <laughs> to other universes. There was a, you know, speaking of that reincarnation theme and what and what these uh, dirt hole references seem to be pointing to, 
And Mama said, this is another thing I thought about or noticed that when Canyon uses the uh, the water to slice the mega mushroom and it disintegrates, mm -hmm. she says, May we meet again in your next incarnation. Right. See, right there. You know, <laughs> yeah. And, and it, you know, it led me to wonder, like, have, have we seen that being in some other form before? Um, yeah. Is that is that something that we've encountered and we just don't even know it yet? You know, but yeah, I think I think you're dead on. I think um, there are certainly references to cycle of life. I mean, you know, like you said, clearly the, the biggest example being the, the root beer, dirt beer, mm -hmm. um, you know, thing, where, you know, dirt plus lightning, I guess, equals <laughs> deathlessness, <laughs> a uh, metal rod in that and, sense. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and you think about the characters who've died and they often really haven't died. Like they, they killed off root beer guy heroically fighting Darren, the ancient sleeper and Maja, the sky witch. And then now he's back. Uh, I mean, a, right. a little bit different, but but a little bit the same. You know, then you have. I mean, who else has died? Prismo died, and then right. and then Comes Prismo back. came back. And so you start to not really believe anyone can really die. And we've talked about the dead world too, and how, um, you know, uh, I guess characters live on in some sense there too. Just I guess apart from the world in which they were previously familiar but even then there's it's not death it's not a permanent end to any character i don't think that we've ever seen so far every every all of their energies do seem to be reintroduced to us in one way or another yeah yeah i mean and a sub theme i think that i've noticed through through this besides dirt holes is is water and and liquids i guess to some extent so you have you have root beer guy who goes from a liquid to a solid in terms of mm. his internal composition. And then in Mama Said, water is a huge part of it. Like Finn's drinking water when they go off in that new direction that they never go. Uh, right. Then they have uh, the divining rod to, exactly. to try to, to find water. And, and Jake's told to hold it like a butterfly. And and, uh, and they're searching for this ancient spring, which they are able to summon, and ultimately is able to defeat the uh, the the super mushroom. Well, and when you think about what you need to grow a plant, you know you, right. you need a dirt hole, and then you need water, and right. and a seed of some sort. You need sort. seeds, yeah. yeah. So who? What are the seeds? What are our seeds? I guess the mushroom pizza that the king of ooze sits on. <laughs> Oh, he was so creepy, dude. He was so creepy. Was so creepy. When he sat on that pizza, when he sat on that pizza, I knew right then there is not a redeemable bone in this <laughs> character's body when he sat on that pizza. That was the most disturbing thing that I've seen on this show thus far. Banana guards! Give me a push! I'm Jack Pendarvis is a story editor for Adventure Time, and he's worked on a ton of shows. Some of the shows about Finn and his dad, like Wake Up, Escape from the Citadel, and The Tower. He's done Red Starved, where Marceline, Jake, and Finn are underground and run out of red things for Marceline to eat. You ate all my red? And uh, he is the voice of Root Beer Guy. Jack Pendarvis, welcome to Conversation Parade. Would you like to talk to Jack Pendarvis? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> or would you like to talk to Root Beer Guy? Well, I I do love Root Beer Guy, and I was I was sad after he died. He sacrificed himself to 
protect the Candy Kingdom from Maja the Sky Witch and Darren the Ancient Sleeper. But It was a good death. It was a noble death and a rare death. You don't often see characters die in Adventure Time. Well, uh, Steve Wolfhard likes to try to kill people a lot, as you know from interviewing him. <laughs> Steve tried to kill Bimo at one point, I think. I think that was a dark fantasy of his. I'm not <laughs> sure how far... <laughs> that pitch ever got so uh why was the decision made to bring root beer guy back as dirt beer guy i really well that came from a drawing that steve did actually which is funny because as i said he's the one who likes to try to kill people off but he just made a drawing he had an idea that maybe maybe root beer guy soaked into the ground and became i don't know part of the candy kingdom sewage system i guess or just kind of (laughs) mingled with the dirt and the mud and reemerged from a swamp somewhere. So is that where some of these things come from? Because I always assume it's like a, a philosophical decision and you're sitting around a, a big uh, boardroom table and, and having a decision, you know, about the meaning of, of death in Adventure Time. We do talk about that kind of stuff a lot, but, yeah. but more, uh, I don't know, um, in a more personal way maybe. And that gets into the show. But I don't think, I don't know, the ideas come up all different ways. How did you get involved with the show in the first place, Jack? Well, I had known Kent Osborne for many years. Um, Head writer. And there was an opening of some sort, and he just called me to ask if I'd like to do some freelance for the show. And I tried it out, and I didn't realize it was sort of an audition to see if I, you know, fit in with everybody in the writer's room. Mm-hmm. And it worked out nicely, and we all got along, and we were, it was a very productive couple of weeks. And they just asked me to stay on because it seemed to work pretty well. What kind of things had you been doing previous to that that he would call well, you for that teaching, in the first place? Uh, at the University of Mississippi. You had been working on other animated shows, though. No, no, I'd never done anything You'd like You'd never done animated shows? No, no. So what were you writing that, that made Kent want to want to bring you on board i don't know i mean i had a couple of, i had a couple of books out and um i know that natasha allegri had as she told me that uh she had read my books in high school so somebody on the staff could vouch for kent and say that i actually know how to write i guess so you were teaching at the university of mississippi of mississippi and uh you were teaching English or teaching writing, I presume? Yeah, both of those things. Okay. And you were writing books on the side? You were writing... Uh, yes, I'd kind of uh, kind of dried up. Actually, Adventure Time was really great for me. I'd really kind of dried up as a writer, I think. Um, so a lot of that went into Root Beer Guy, actually. I really? I put a lot of that into it, yeah. How so? You know, you saw the episode. He's kind of unhappy at kind of really unhappy at his job and feels like he's not going anywhere with it. Do you ever feel that no matter what you eat, you're still tired and sluggish and filled with nagging anxiety and doubt and... Root Bear Guy, get your head back in the game! That kind of came from real life. Uh, He's a telemarketer, as I recall. Yes, yes. Well, I couldn't make him a university teacher. I still had my job at the time. (laughs) (laughs) I kicked down the door with one swift, decisive motion. No. With one swift and decisive motion, I kicked down the door. No. 
The door was kicked down by me swiftly with not many motions, but a whole lot of decisiveness was used by me that was apparent to everybody. Oh. Being with these creative people every day or three days a week, we have meetings three days a week. Mm-hmm. It was really inspiring to um, talk to people who are excited about making something and be part of something like that and get excited again about the act of making something, you know. And I think it just, um, that spilled over into my other work. I felt refreshed by the experience of working on Adventure Time and getting to meet Penn and Adam and reacquaint myself with Kent and mm-hmm. all the other, and all the artists on the show, of course, too. Well, then tell me about your, uh, you have a couple of books coming out, correct? Yes, I do have a nonfiction book coming out in January called um, Cigarette Lighter. It's sort of a social history of the cigarette lighter. I don't, that's all I can say about that. That okay. sums it up. You don't even have to read it now. <laughs> And then I have a book of short stories coming out in April. Getting back to, to Root Beer Guy, Dirt Beer Guy, and the, the Cherry Cream Soda episode, and I know that in talking with people who make the show, uh, there's an awareness of like, well, Finn's dad is kind of a jerk and kind of irresponsible, and that's that's good in a way because finally kids who have might have dads like that there's something for them. They can they can relate to that. Did you have any problem with the idea of killing off a character and then bringing him back? As if you know, because if if kids oh. are watching the show, that maybe they'll think that death isn't permanent. Is it, John? <laughs> I thought it was. Yeah, maybe. I think you're right. <laughs> um, no, I guess not. I mean, yeah. that's a pretty conventional thing to happen in comics or soap operas or. The Bible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait a second. Uh, yes, I'm comparing Root Beer Guy to Jesus. Make sure, that, make sure that gets out there. <laughs> Root Beer Guy is Christ-like figure. I think that's a... Uh, somebody's going to write a paper on oh, that. Oh, no, he's not at all. He's more like a Frankenstein, I think. <laughs> Frankenstein's monster, excuse me. Okay, okay. I, I've noticed that the the five episodes, the first five episodes of this season that we've seen... Uh, Things seem to be getting, I don't know if darker is, is the right word or, or heavier is the right word, but, uh, but it's getting pretty intense. We've got Bonnie and Nettie where we... Oh, yeah, that's got some dark stuff in that's it. That's got some dark stuff in it. Too, I mean, I think we really worked hard on that one because some of the earlier drafts, I think, felt too, too dark. It was mm. hard not to make that story just unbearably sad. Right. And there were some earlier versions, I think, which are just like, just make you want to curl up on the floor. (laughs) (laughs) How do you think that they they get dark? I mean, it can't all be Steve Wolfhard trying to kill things. Oh, no. Dark, I don't know about... Well, you know, I think about this sometimes, and I think all of... All children's stories have an amount of darkness to them. And I mentioned this in the Adventure Time, uh, the big art book about Adventure Time. They interviewed me and... I talked about that Bruno, uh, Bruno Bettelheim book, The Uses of Enchantment. Sure. Where he talks about how scary fairy tales are. And it's not that they scare children. They address fears that children already have. Hmm. You know? And um, I think there's always an element of darkness in, in a fairy story. And then in Varmints, you have uh, 
Princess Bubblegum. I guess she's really Bonnie by that point. Bonnie and, and Marceline running through tunnels, uh, killing things. Representing the Freudian... I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was going to go somewhere like, oh, the Jungian archetype of the... Right, right. Uh, no, uh, I think that that's a positive story, though. I think that's Bonnie really having to face some fears that she has Mm -hmm. that she probably hasn't had a chance to acknowledge or some feelings let's put it that way that she hasn't had a chance to think about in a long time yeah so i think those monsters can be read symbolically maybe you know what this is only my look i have to say this and make sure this part gets on the podcast i'm having the tiniest bit to do with these yeah. Uh, episodes. I mean, I sit there and we work on the outlines, and then they go off and they get made into something real, you know, by the by the storyboard artists, and yeah. writers. So I can't claim to know anything really. Why are you talking to me, <laughs> <laughs> Jack? You have a tendency to minimize things about yourself. To what do you mean? S- well, to say like, well, I wasn't really involved in that. Well, am I No, but I'm not. It? I mean, you know, I'm involved. No, I'm very proud of my involvement with Adventure Time, but it's just, uh, it's in the early stages of each episode. Okay. Where I, I don't even see them till they come on television. I'm always excited. I mean, I feel really excited to sit down and watch an episode. And I think maybe if I lived out in California, I would miss out on this kind of they get to see it through many, many processes until it becomes a thing. I just see it when it comes on the air, and I feel like a fan yeah. as well as getting to work on the show, which is a really nice feeling. Conversation Parade, an Adventure Time podcast, is a production of Infinite Guest and American Public Media. It's produced by Larissa Anderson and hosted by me, John Moe, and Open Mike Eagle. The Adventure Time end credits song that you heard on this podcast was written and performed by Ashley Erickson. This project is supported in part by an award from the National Endowment for the Arts on the web at arts.gov. Special thanks to Cartoon Network for their support. We want to hear from you. Go to infiniteguest.org, find conversation parade and find an episode leave a comment in our comment section mike and i love to chat with you over there you can also click on the link to send us an email from that page we're on twitter i'm at john mo mike is at mike underscore eagle and we're at infinite guest